0: morning, I am going to take the offering, and Bishop asked me just to share a little bit of my story and my husband's story. And um, it's pretty amazing, our story of tithing, actually. For those of you who aren't familiar with the tithe, it's the first 10% of your income, which um, is the Lord's, and he asks us to give it back to him. And so my husband and I started tithing eight years ago and we could not afford to tithe. We actually wrote our tithe check and wondered how we were going to buy groceries for two weeks. But we have never looked back. We have tithed through what appeared to be complete financial ruin, and we still kept writing our tithe checks. And um, it's just, the word of God is so amazing. And what God, he just, he asks for 10%. But what he does with that 10% is he puts a hedge of protection around you and your family. Our cars don't break down. Our appliances don't break down. We always have, um, you know, nice clothes and our shoes, you know, don't wear out. And our health, we don't have doctor bills because we rarely get sick and have to go to the doctor. And I attribute all of that to us honoring God with our first 10%. And what's really cool is, is once you get above 10%, so anything above 10% would be the offering. And do you guys know what the Bible says about the offering? God promises a 30, 60, or 100-fold return on your offerings. So that is the best investment you could ever make. And so um, we've just been having fun with this, and it's, it's really hard. I think it's really hard for men especially to trust the Lord with their finances when it's their responsibility to provide for their family. But I'm telling you, God shows himself faithful. We've seen so many miracles in our giving. And I just have to share, um, this last week, we were actually blessed with a $5,000 gift that came unexpectedly out of nowhere. And so, yeah, that's, it's amazing. Praise the Lord. But, I, you know, and I just want to say God is faithful, and our hope is in the Lord. And we're excited to see him just to continue to do amazing things in this body because he's no respecter of persons. And what he'll do for me, he'll do for you. And we don't have, you know, there's nothing we can do to deserve it. We don't have to make all our mistakes right before the Lord can bless us. It's, it's our heart, you know, the Lord knows our heart. And um, so I just want to encourage you if you've never taken that step of faith to give God your first 10%, I want to encourage you to do that, you know, and just seek the Lord. In fact, I'll share it just quickly. I've shared this before. But when we wrote that first tithe check and we didn't have grocery money, we wrote the check on Sunday. That Monday in the mailbox, we had two gift cards from a client that I had worked with in the past who just randomly sent me these gift cards on that specific day. And it was $150 for Walmart and $100 for gas. So (laughs) then you want to talk about supernatural provision, And what's even better is that that woman had told me two months prior, she said, Amy, you worked so hard for us. We never bought a house. We're gonna. We, I got some gift cards for you. They're sitting on my counter. I keep forgetting to mail them. She mailed them that. She mailed them before I even wrote the tithe check. So God's uh, provision is just amazing. So be encouraged. So, Lord, I just thank you today, God, as we take up this offering. I thank you that you would just... Supernaturally um, multiply and bless all that is given God. I thank you that you would just increase people's faith and trust in you, Lord. And I pray that we would all just um, come un- come under the revelation of giving and how you want your kids to prosper and how you love us. and you don't want to just um, you don't want us just barely getting by, that you want us to be blessed to be a blessing. I just thank you God and we pray this in Jesus name. Amen.
1: Church, my name is Travis, listen up because we have some important announcements coming your way. Today is day 14 of Fresh Start. If you're participating in Fresh Start, we have some resources you can check out on our website at gnfchurch.net forward slash fast. There we have some teachings and some Fresh Start friendly recipes. Okay, I have a pretty good guess that most of you know that church starts at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Everyone say it with me, 10 a.m. Why is that so important? Because next Sunday is our Refuge Relaunch service, and we are starting off with a special presentation right at 10 a.m. Not only do you not want to miss this service, you don't want to be late either. The Refuge Relaunch represents a historic moment in our church's story. We hope to see you there. Speaking of refuge, today we're continuing our series called We Are Refuge. This month we've been learning what it truly means to be a refuge. Today, Pastor Matt will be sharing a message called We Are Hope. It's going to be great. If you're on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you can use the hashtag WeAreHope to help promote the series. You can also listen to today's message or any past message on our website for free. Some changes you'll notice next week as we relaunch are title changes. The ushers will no longer be called ushers, but be called hosts, and they'll be distinguished with bright blue shirts. We're also making the Welcome Center the one-stop shop for all-info refuge. A host will be located at the Welcome Center. They'll be there to help you find anything you need and give you info on any upcoming events. Along with relaunching the church, we will also be relaunching the children's ministry on February 8th. Refuge Kids is a reimagining of church for kids. Along with some name changes like Sea Kids, Pathfinders, and Planet Nova, Refuge Kids will start at 10 a.m., just like the main service. Your children will experience live worship and interactive teachings with drop-offs starting at 9.45. You'll hear more about all these changes next week during the relaunch service. That's it for the announcements. To learn more about these events or about any events we didn't mention, you can reference your bulletin insert or check us out on our website at gnfchurch.net. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the latest news, blogs, and more, visit us on Facebook. We're updating it daily. I'd like to take this time to welcome any new visitors. If you are a visitor, you can find a GNFC welcome packet in the seat pocket in front of you. Fill out the card that's attached and drop it off at the Welcome Center for a free gift. All right, it's community time. Get up, walk around, shake a hand, hug a neck, or if you prefer just to sit in your seat and hug your own neck, that's perfectly okay too. We'll give you a few minutes and children can be dismissed as well. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of the service.
2: What is brave? What is real? What is hope? This journey called life can be a difficult one. Full of surprises and full of heartache. Where do we find comfort? Where do we seek truth? The answers are not always easy to find, but the solution is always worth the fight. It is this journey that defines and molds us. It shapes us into the person we are. The life of Jesus is what inspires us. The hope and freedom he provides is what drives us destination has been set and we have the strength to arrive. We will not give up and we will not turn back. The reality of this call requires one another. A mosaic of people with one goal it, to show people Jesus. We are fearless at heart because we know our God. We have vision to disciple and a heart to love. We persevere when times get tough. Because of Jesus, we are brave.
3: good morning, everyone. What a blessing to be here. And uh, this is the last official week as Good News Fellowship Church. And so next week we're excited about a new venture. Some things are going to change. Some things are going to remain the same. God's going to still be here. Amen. And we're excited about that. But uh, this message this morning I'm so excited about to be able to share and impart what God has given me in regards to hope. I think we're living in a time where there's so many people dealing with hopelessness. And so it's, it's vital that we really discover our hope in Jesus. And so we're going to explore this this morning, and, and I believe the Holy Spirit's going to guide us through so we can really gain something significant to really impact our hearts. Uh, this morning, I, I actually somebody last week said, uh, Pastor, you didn't share any humor And I thought, yeah, I I really did. I didn't think anyone would notice. But obviously somebody noticed and they commented. So I really couldn't think of anything significant. So I I thought of this, that it's still not too late to make a New Year's resolution if you haven't already made one. We're already into mid-January here. But you know something, I was thinking about it. uh, The reason people don't make New Year's resolutions is because they failed to keep the one they made last year. Could be. So my suggestion to you this year is to file for an extension. (laughs) If it works with income tax, why not New Year's resolutions, okay? But um, uh, no, and and then I I have some other news to share with you, And, and this is true, this is not a joke, this is no humor. Pastor Deb and I are expecting And our uh, son oh, is going to be arriving this afternoon from China. We have opened our home for an exchange student for this second semester. So we will be parents to a young man by the name of Han Feng. So we are excited about opening our home. So all of you are going to get to meet him. It's his first time in the US. He's 16 years old. And he's really excited about being here. He loves photography, he loves media. I think he and Daniel are going to really get along. In fact, he, he, we did a FaceTime thing, so no, Skype, okay, there's a difference. We did the Skype thing, and he said he's so excited to come because he thinks Daniel is like uh, a Hollywood producer. <laughs> yeah, he said, I looked at his, his uh, YouTube videos, and he's like a Hollywood producer. I'm so honored to be in a home with a, you know, where <laughs> so... Anyway, so it will it will be great, and we're excited about that opportunity. And, and actually, we're going to be having three Chinese individuals because another host family is not available, so we'll be having a young gal as well for a few days and her father. So I, I, we love having that experience and encountering the cultures. And, and I know that uh, my heart is for the nations, so it's always ex- exciting to begin to meet and, and mix and communicate with people from other nationalities, other races, and other places. So we're excited about all that. I so saw Packers in the championship today, folks. Look out. Yeah, Seattle. Can Saddle be defeated? Yes, I believe so. All things are possible. And so, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Uh, 2015, I believe, is a year of promise. It's a year of promise. Our situations can change. Do you believe that? But God's promises cannot. The situation you're in right now can change if it's a difficult one. It can get better. There can be victory. There can be breakthrough. This is a year, of, I believe, of new beginnings, it's a year of restitution. It's here that God's going to show up in our lives like never before. I wanted to mention and, and encourage you to uh, participate in the celebration of Life Walk, which is actually next Sunday at 2 p.m. It's actually sponsored by the Portage County Right to Life. Uh, we'll be meeting at the courthouse steps at 2 p.m. for time of prayer. Then, then we'll be um, proceeding, marching to or walking to the university center and at the University Center, there's a rally where they'll be showing the 40 film, which uh, is a documentary. It's a very moving documentary on the 40 years since Roe v. Wade has, has been determined by the Supreme Court. And I, I believe it's uh, uh, great for people to be made aware uh, when we consider what this nation, has been impact, how this nation has been impacted by this issue. And, and so many people would try to say this is a political issue. People, it's not a political issue. It's a moral issue. It doesn't matter if you're Republican, if you're Democratic. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is that we stand for life. And, in fact, uh, the majority of people that I meet in this community there's there's a mix across the board. It's a nonpartisan group of people that value life. Uh, President Reagan actually instituted uh, and de- declared that January 22nd is the Sanctity of Human Life Day. It's a day that we show respect and give thanks for the great value of human life, and there is a cause. I believe, where we need to speak up for those that can speak up for themselves. And so if you can participate in that, that would be great. The Stevens Point Christian Academy bus will be at the University Center before the walk to transfer transfer people to the courthouse steps. If you want to leave your car there and be there after the rally, you can go right into your vehicle or you can leave your uh, car at the courthouse and the bus will bring you back to the courthouse after the event is over. So, amen. So, this month, I am excited. This series has been great. We are casting the vision for refuge and really helping to define what is a refuge. A refuge is a protective shelter that provides a safe place in time of need. And we really need that to be that to a lost and dying world. The church needs to have its doors open to people that are hurting, that need to find direction life find their true purpose in life and to really find Jesus. And we are discovering God's plan for refuge, and, and that plan just happens to include you. It includes me. And you say, what's in it for me? That's not a selfish thing, but there is a part, there's a role for you to play. It doesn't matter if you're a new believer, if you're a seasoned believer, there's a role that you have to serve as we reach out to this community. Because we're here to make a difference. We're not just here to annoy people. We're not just here uh, because we feel a need to be here. We're here for a divine purpose. To make an impact on this community. So that those that don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior can come into that relationship. Because there's more lost people than those that really know Jesus in this community. And we have a mission, don't we? And that's a, that's a brave new venture as a church, for relaunch. And are we ready for the challenge? I, I believe we are. I believe that we are. This week, when, next week, you come back, you see a new new sign. And uh, that. so we'll be changing the sign out front. Some of the stuff is going to be kind of a process of change along the way. And and uh, if, if you want to help us with the, the, the purchase of the new sign, uh, you can designate a new offering, uh, whether it's... Uh, Sometime this week or next week, that'll be fine. Fine, but the cost of that was only twenty six hundred dollars to do that. So we uh, appreciate that. We we always look for good deals. Amen. We want to be good stewards of, of God's resources. So uh, we we're thankful for good stewardship. Can you say amen for that? And so, and making God our refuge is significant because this this is something that we want to really be a core in our thinking that that the Lord is our refuge, and what does that mean for your personal relationship? What does that mean for this church as we interact as a body of believers? I believe it's significant. Now, last week, we talked about, for part two, we are real, and if you were not available uh, to be here, we encourage you to uh, hook up online to get that message because what is real is really what matters to most people. People are looking for what's authentic, what's genuine. They're not looking for counterfeits. They're not looking for copies. They're not looking for imitations. I don't like imitations. I don't know about you. I don't like the generic things. I don't know about you. Sometimes it's okay, but I, I bought generic things. It's a little bit cheaper, but it doesn't have the same flavor. It doesn't have the same taste. It doesn't have the same quality. I want the real thing. Don't you? And Most people do. Now, today... We want to talk about we are hope. What does that mean? How does that affect you? How does that affect me? When people step into this church, it is to be a place where they find hope. It is a place that they will not leave hopeless, but it will be a place where they will leave hopeful. They'll have been inspired by the word of God. They will then inspired by having an, an encounter with Jesus Christ, who's alive and well and wants to make himself real among us. I'm excited about that. A couple books I want to recommend, and I'm going to have these at the door, and um, I'm going to bless somebody at the door after service with somebody. So you want to make sure you go by the door and say goodbye to me, let me shake your hand or something, hug your neck. But one of them is Finding Authentic Hope and Wholeness. This is uh, Dr. Kathy Cook. She's been here a number of times. Amazing speaker, powerful, powerful revelation of, of hope. And then this is by Bishop Wellington Boone, Hope Every Morning is Daily Devotion, but it is four parts. And really, uh, one dimension that he talks about is, is how we need to be hopeful others. And that's really what this message is. I want to communicate that. So when we say we are hope, uh, we're not trying to replace Jesus. We're not trying to do what he's provided. But because he's in us, because Jesus' hope is in us, then that Jesus' hope in us can be hope to a light to a, a world around us and salt and light. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, "You are the light of the world." Wow! I thought Jesus was the light, but he said we are. Why? Because he's in us, and we carry that message. We communicate that to the world around us. So, what is hope? Well, it's defined as great expectation. When you talk about hope, it's a great expectation. Hope is future expectation and a desire that actually something's going to happen in your life. It can be fixed on a specific thing. Of maybe you're on a, 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 at the job and you haven't got a raise for a period of time and, 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 and your boss kind of just makes some suggestion that makes you think, oh, maybe I'm going to get a raise. And that stirs up hope within you. And so your hope and expectation is, oh, I could get a raise. How many of you would like to get a raise? Oh, you wouldn't turn that down, right? Yeah. I know I wouldn't. <laughs> hope is not wishful thinking. See, that's how the world may view it. They see it, it's just wishful thinking. Oh, that's nice. No, it's so much more than wishful thinking. Hope is a trusted expectation. It's a trusted expectation. Uh, The New Testament, uh, in the New Testament, the word hope is an absolute, it's a guarantee without a doubt. That is how the the connotation of the word is used throughout Scripture. The Greek word in the New Testament means to expect or anticipate with pleasure. Wow. Wow. I like that. And uh, 1 Peter 3.15 is our our key verse for today's message. Let's take a look at that. And I'm reading from uh, the NET Bible, the New English translation. And it reads, But set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts, and always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks, about the hope you possess. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the ministry of your word. I thank you for those under the sound of my voice that you would truly inspire their hearts. We pray that you give to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Help us to understand and comprehend, Father, what hope is all about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We often think of hope as something we have, not something we are. Yet your life can inspire hope in others when your hope is in Jesus. Do you agree with that? See, and and this passage is talking about setting Jesus Christ apart. What does that mean? That? What does that mean? Well, what it means is setting him apart is to consecrate him in your life. It's to reserve or give yourself over to him. See, something that you set apart, you're putting it on the side. It's reserved for a specific purpose. I think I shared with you a few weeks ago my mom has her nice china. And very few times throughout the year growing up, we would eat off that china. It was Thanksgiving, I think, and then uh, uh, Resurrection Sunday, or Easter Sunday is, is the day that the good china would be put on the table. It, it was set aside for a specific purpose, for something special, for something unique. And so we're to set our hearts apart for Christ. Because he wants to do something special, something unique in us. And so... We talk about having hope in God, but we need to know that God also has hope in us because we're set apart for him. See, he has a great hope because he wants to use you to impact this world. You are his ambassador. You are his representative to make contact with other human beings, to begin to expose Jesus to them. Hope is something every believer possesses. If you are born again, if you're a child of God, you possess hope. Now the question is, can people see the hope you possess? Is it something tangible? Is it something they can relate to? Or is it something offensive? Is it something that turns them off? It should be attractive. And that's really what this passage is talking about. It's talking about this attraction that people are attracted to you because they see something in you that they really desire because they realize they don't have it. But yet, there's something stirred that reveals their need. I don't have this, but I need it, and I want it because I believe every void in the human heart can be totally fulfilled and satisfied through Jesus. He fulfills every longing every every heartache, every quest, every vision, Jesus can fulfill it. Serving God is not dull. It's not boring. Okay? So get that out of your mind. Say, well, if I'm going to give my heart to Christ, my life is going to be in the dumps. It'll be a downer. I'll just be bored all the time. And boring. No, that's not God. That's religion. Okay? We don't want religion. We want Jesus. Okay? Now, If people can see it at some point, that hope in you, they're going to ask about it. And so do we have a ready answer? Are we prepared to answer that question when they ask us of the hope that we have? Why don't you bring that verse up again because I want you to really look at that a little bit and and kind of just let that get into your spirit. Let that get into your heart. But set Christ apart as Lord. Lord. That means boss. In your hearts. And always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope you possess. Now, there's times you're going to blow it. Um, What opportunities do you let pass you by? Uh, This this past week, I had a little experience. I went shopping. I went to Save-A-Lot. I I love to Save-A-Lot. I don't know about you. I I love to Save-A-Lot, so I go to Save-A-Lot. And so... Bring my groceries. I don't mind bagging my own groceries either. I, that's a good experience. I, I you know, guess. how many of you like to bag your own groceries? Anyway, okay, let's get off that. Anyway, I'm bringing my grocery bags to that I bagged myself personally. Put them in the back of the vehicle, and I walk around to get into the to you know to drive away. And I notice a, a nice looking five dollar bill laying on the ground. I said, "This is my day." <laughs> I reached out, I picked that thing up, and I'm just like, you know, well, it's five bucks, great, thank you, Jesus, you know? And I was about to put it in my pocket, and as I was looking at it in my hand, I, I, I heard in my spirit, I said, this isn't yours. Oh. Well, now I was disappointed. <laughs> <You look> at, <laughs> okay, this isn't mine, but then, and I, and I know I've learned when the Holy Spirit starts to speak, I know I need to be sensitive, and then I, I wait. Okay, if it's not mine, then whose is it? And the Lord said, look up. And there's a vehicle right next to mine, which I, I, for whatever, I didn't even notice it was there before that. And I look around, It's a pickup truck, and there's some, a, a lady sitting in the driver's seat. And, and immediately I know, it has to be hers. And so I walk around the vehicle, and, and she's got the window closed, but she's looking like in her purse, she's looking through some stuff. And I hold this $5 bill up. And she rolls down the window. Eyes light up. I said, is this yours? She said, yes. That was part of the last $7 that I had. And then I said, well, here. God bless you. Have a good day. And I went away. I got in my vehicle. I said, what did I do? I missed an opportunity. I could have prayed with her. I could have invited her to church. There's so much I could have did, because at that moment, that woman's heart was totally open, because who in their right mind would do that? This is the $5 bill, and I mean, I'm a pastor, I would have easily pocketed that thing and not thought anything, you know, I mean, now don't judge me by that, because you probably would have did the same thing, but you know, I, you know, then I thought, okay, and then you know, and I asked, I actually asked Lord, forgive me, and maybe that's all I was supposed to do, and plant a seed. But I know I could have done more. I could have told her the hope I had in her, and who knows what needs she was facing. I could have prayed with her, and shared with her, and and but I did. I still prayed for her, but I would have rather have prayed with her. So, and let me just say this: look for those kind of opportunities. They're going to come up all the time, because. You know, there's people that you can reach that I'll never reach because of the circles of the people you're in. You know, I can't be there on a job with you, but you're there, and Jesus is in you. So let them know about that hope that you have, okay? See, hope inspires others. See, we need to be inspired. I need to be inspired. And, and I want our services to bring inspiration to people. So that now you might say, Well, is this about just making me feel good? No, it's not about making you feel good, but there is a dimension in that. It's not for you to feel good so you can feel good. It's for you to feel good so you can be who you are in Christ. So you can have confidence to go out there and boldly share Jesus. Amen? Because some people they get too critical, oh, they just that's a good make me feel good church. But, the, you know, if it's just to make you feel good, it stops short. But it's to make you feel good so you can conquer the world. Amen? And conquer the challenges that are trying to destroy your life. Okay? First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.3, this talks about inspiration. <clears throat> we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. See, hope is an inspiration. According to this passage, it's very clear. Hope inspires us. But it's not just any hope. It's our hope that we have in God. That brings inspiration that we can overcome. We can defeat this sin issue in our life. We can overcome this lack. We can find a place in the kingdom of God, to serve God's purpose. See, we want to give people a reason to hope. See, there's a contrast between hope, faith, and love, or faith, hope, and love. You know, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, I love, I love that chapter. It's, it's the love chapter, so you ought to love the love chapter, right? Are you with me this morning? Okay. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says now, And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love, okay? Now we know the greatest is love, but hope is a component of this. And let me just tell you what each is here. Hope is future expectation. Faith is present expectation. And love is the motivation. Should I share that again? Hope is future expectation. Faith is present expectation, and love is the true motivation. And so these three together are a powerful force in our lives as as believers. Hope is choosing or determining what you want, what you need, and what you desire. Faith is believing that it's already yours. Hope actually is like a target. It sets your sights. It determines your aim. It's, I'm going after that. Your heart longs to go after that. It's, it's a promise that God puts before us. The scripture in Hebrews 11, 11, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. You long for it. You desire it. And it goes on to say, The evidence of things not seen. Hope is a strategic component of your faith. Without hope, you have no faith. Hope is a powerful word, but it's also a powerful reality. In fact, the the word itself promotes its meaning. Whenever you say, you know, wish somebody and, and, and say, you know, I hope things go well, the very speaking of that word inspires hope within them It imparts hope within them. Martin Luther King Jr. made a statement. He said, everything that is done in the world is done by hope. See, without hope, there's, there's no reason to do anything significant in this life. Without hope, why get up in the morning? You know, people say, what are we going to do about this, The situation? Because there's a crisis and there's an epidemic of hopelessness in our society. It's, it's so evident around us. And so how can we bring hope to hopeless situations and to people that are without hope? See, there's, there's broken visions and dreams all around us. And maybe you're here today, and maybe you have a broken vision or a broken dream. And, and you're struggling and maybe you can come to church and put on the happy face and pretend all is well, but inside, maybe you're really hurting. But well, Jesus can see beyond the smile. Last week we said, you know, some are just faking it till they make it, and, 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 you know, that's okay to a point because sometimes we need to be strong and courageous even though we're going through things. But yet God knows exactly what's happening in our lives and what you've gone through. And sometimes we as, as Christians can be so quick to judge others without having a clue to what they're dealing with or what they're going through. You know, I, somebody pulled out in front of me um, some time ago, and the immediate response is anger. Ooh, you crazy driver. You know, I didn't say that, but that's what I thought, you know. I, I did make a grunting noise. <clears throat> <laughs> No, no profanity, anything like that, but it was, you know, and, and I'm thinking, oh, I, I had this attitude towards that driver, and I'm not going to tell you what sex it was, you know, or here she was, that doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, my wife drives better than me, you know, so I, you know, uh, did you hear amen? Should I get an amen from her? I, I let her think that, okay, okay, <laughs> this I didn't hear that. No, um, but you know what? The Lord convicted me. He said, you have no idea what that person may be dealing with. Maybe they just lost a spouse or a loved one, and they're grieving. And so they pull out. They're not really paying attention like they should. So don't be so harsh on people when they do stupid things, Okay? Okay? All right. I think you got that. Proverbs 13, 12 says, When hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. But a wish comes true will... A wish comes true fills you with joy. You see, when hope is crushed, it affects the heart. It's a heart issue. Hope is something that affects the heart. And hope becomes an anchor to our soul. So it affects the heart, which is our innermost being. It affects our soul, which is our mind. It's, it's how we think, how we process, how we make decisions. And we see that in Hebrews 6, 18, in verse 19. Hebrews six eighteen says, So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Mark it down. It's impossible for him to lie. In in fact, one ministry said one time, if God were to lie, then the whole universe would fall apart at the seams because God would, you know, he he cannot lie because he's God. He, He only speaks the truth. He is truth, okay? It says, therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. So can we grasp this, what the Scripture is saying here? We flee to Him for refuge. We come to this place of refuge in Him. And with that comes great confidence as we hold to the hope that's before us. He's given us a hope we can hold on to. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls In verse 19, it leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. In other words, what does an anchor do? How many fishermen do we have here? Come on. You take that boat out there. Why do you drop the anchor down? Is it because you just want to lift weights when you're on the boat in the water? No. Why do you drop the anchor down? Because, right, you find the good spot. You don't want that boat to drift away. You want it to stay right there. That anchor will keep that boat from drifting. Now, it will to sway this way, that way a little bit, but it will stay fixed to that location. And see, that's what God wants us. He wants your hope, the, his hope, and his hope in you to keep you fixed so that no matter what waves come, no matter how hard the wind blows, that you're going to stay there because that anchor is holding you fixed to that place. And so many times people are drifting away. We call it backsliding. You call it whatever you want. But they're drifting away, and it's because they have no hope, or they've lost their hope. And so, are you ready to flee to him for refuge? Because that's part of it. We see in this passage where we need to flee to him for refuge because he's there. We realize that Jesus is our hope for humanity. He is hope for this world. In Matthew 12, 21, it says, and his name will be the hope of all the world. Wow. See, that puts it right on top, doesn't it? hope of all the world. That doesn't leave anyone out. Even the puppy dogs. It's all the world. He's the hope for all of us. So that means he's the hope for that coworker that chews, that spits, that curses, that drinks, and does everything that Christians aren't supposed to do, he's the hope for that person too. He's the hope for the drug addict. He's the hope for every sinner and every saint alike. Jesus is our hope for eternity. See, Jesus is going to be the focus at Refuge. And you know, not that he wasn't at Good News Fellowship Church, but we really want to focus on Jesus and who he is, what he's done, and what he wants to do in people's lives. People are going to hear about Jesus. See, there are people that live without hope and they're in a place of hopelessness. In Ephesians chapter 2:12, uh, the scripture actually tells us a, a picture of what life is like without Christ. And he's referring, as he talks to the Ephesians, about how their walk was and how their living condition was before they heard the gospel. In Ephesians 2 verse 12, he says, "In those days, you were living apart from Christ." So this is we call it BC, before Christ, okay um, You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. Now, let me pause right here. Did you know some people feel that they're excluded from what we experience? And in a sense, they are because of what we see here in this passage. Because there's a passage way in to be part of the family of God. And yet it goes on to say here, and you did not know the covenant promises God made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Without God and without hope. I believe the two are connected together. When you get God, you get hope. When you find hope, you find God. You say amen? And so we need to receive the gift of hope. And we need to let people know out there they can receive the gift of hope. Romans 5.5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. You might say, if hope does not disappoint, then why are so many people disappointed? Especially Christians. Why are so many Christians disappointed? It's because they've lost their hope. When you find hope, don't let it go. You know, the only reason you're disappointed as a Christian is because you lost your hope in that area. You lost hope in that situation. You lost hope in that circumstance. You can find that hope in God. He'll give it to you. Now, situations in life can leave us feeling hopeless. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt Hopeless. I've been in several situations where I felt hopeless, like almost like my life is going to be over. The time I capsized in a canoe and couldn't swim, didn't have a life preserver on because it was not cool to put it on, so I left it in the bottom of the canoe, and as I saw it floating down the river with the rapids, and it was like whitewater stuff, I managed to attach myself to a tree stump that was sticking out of some rocks in the river and the waves are beating me against the rocks and I'm hanging on. I literally felt hopeless. I said, "God, I can't swim. Save me, Lord." I mean, I was calling out to God. And he didn't answer right then. And then I heard these words, "Let go." what? I can't swim. I can't let go. Save me, <laughs> I didn't say, is anyone else up there either? But, <laughs> but I finally, out of exhaustion, was so tight, I could not hang on any longer. And as my hands let go of that, that tree trunk, I began to just float down the river. And to my surprise, my head didn't go under The water was so swift that it just carried me on top of it. Or maybe the angels were holding me up or something. And suddenly I came to a place and I realized I could touch the bottom. And I literally walked out of that river. Wow. Totally. Like, oh, Lord, you saved me. Thank you. I have hope again. (laughs) But in a moment of time, I felt hopeless. And, and there's other situations. I won't go into them, but there's times when I was in places and thought, oh, this is so dangerous. This is so, um, and I want you to come on mission trips with me, so I don't want to share any of those holy stories. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jeremiah 2911. We want to look at that. I'm going to read that in a moment. Uh, is there any hope that things will turn around? Maybe at that point right now, is there any hope is there any hope that life will get better? Is there any hope that your dream will come true? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Guess what comes with your future? A hope. Guess what comes with your hope? A future that you are connected. Isn't that awesome? Hope is a gift. Now, there's things that happen in life. There's things that we go through and deal with, but don't let what has been done to you become bigger than what Jesus did for you. Because what he did for you far exceeds that which has been done against you or, or it, the negative things that happened in your life. Hope is alive. Hope is alive right now because Jesus is alive in 1 Peter 1.3, and as we, as we bring this service to a close, I, I, I want to bring us to, to a place where we will encounter a greater revelation of God's hope. And for those of you that need hope, I believe today you're going to find hope because God's not withholding it from us. In 1 Peter 1.3, we see, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There's a living hope, a living hope. What does that look like? It's a hope that allows us to experience the very life of God, his resurrection power and what his resurrection accomplished in bringing life and hope to all of humanity. We find that in Jesus In Hebrews chapter 3, 6, it says, but Christ was faithful as a son who is head of God's house. We are of God's house if we keep our trust in the Lord until the end. This is our hope. What we need to do as people is to place and keep your trust in the Lord. This is our hope, to put your trust in the Lord. You want hope? Trust Jesus. Put your trust in God, and you'll find hope. See, God wants you not only to have hope, but He wants it to abound in your life. He wants it to be oozing from your life. Look at Romans 15, 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, oh, wow. So the Holy Spirit comes into action here, folks. Because with the Holy Spirit, He wants us, because of believing, when we believe in His Word, when we believe in Jesus, what He did for us, then we can come to this place where we literally abound in hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that look like? I'm not too sure but I want to see it. I want to live it. I want to experience it. How about you? In fact, I want this church to be known as a church where there's abounding hope, where people that come in hopeless leave with hopeful, filled with hope, overflowing in their lives. Ephesians 1.18, I want you to turn there as we look at the slide we want to conclude with this verse of scripture and we're going to pray this over you the apostle Paul prayed this for the Ephesians so we can say certainly it's a scriptural prayer but he said I pray that your hearts be flooded with light so that they can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are as rich and glorious inheritance. Now, now, now people, you need to understand because Jesus purchased you for a price. He shed his blood to redeem you. You are his inheritance. And he wants you to know that you are also called. That there's a calling in your life. And he wants you to understand that in that calling, there's a confident hope. You may say, who am I? Who am I to be used of God because of what I've done? I'm of no use to him. Maybe your life is filled with condemnation, with guilt, with shame. But no, God wants you to have a confident hope that he's called you and that he'll use you. there's, There's so much potential in what he can do in the life of a surrendered person who says, here I am, God. Take my life. Use me. If you can do anything with me, Lord, here I am. Got to take you up on that. Got to be careful. But you won't regret it. You won't be disappointed. I want you to bow your heads this morning. We want to make Jesus our source of hope. Father, we give you praise and glory for the service today. We thank you for the ministry of your word. Father, we thank you that you watch over your word to perform it and that your word will not return void. Father, we pray that hope would arise in the hearts of your people, a hope that is founded in truth, a hope that is founded in who you are. For you are the giver of hope. Jesus, you are the source of hope. It's only you that can save. Jesus, it's only you that offer eternal life. Jesus, it is you that sets the captive free. It's you that breaks the power of sin. It's you that can heal and deliver. It's you that forgives our sin and transgression. It's you that breaks every stronghold. It's you that opens blinded eyes. It's you that searches the heart. It's you that can satisfy the longing in our hearts. Jesus, it's you that gives us value and worth. It's you, oh God, that gives us lasting peace. Jesus, it's you that gives us hope. Thank you, Father. Jesus. If you're here today with your head bowed, as you continue to pray before him and wait in his presence, if you would say, Pastor, you know, I don't know that I have found my hope in Jesus. I've had my hope in other things, but it's not been in, in Jesus Christ. I've not made Him my Lord. I've not placed my trust in Him. And yet now I I feel compelled to open my heart to Him and to receive Him and allow Him to give me hope that's eternal. If that's you today, just lift your hand. and I'd be honored just to pray for you. God wants to meet you at your point of need. You may say, you know, I I go to church, but I've never really had an encounter with with God. I've never really experienced His life changing power. To me, Christianity has been a religion, it hasn't been a relationship. But I want a relationship. I want this thing to be real. I want this thing to be impactful. I want this thing to affect the core of my being. Because the way I've been living, it's not working for me. I'm left empty and void. Often confused and, and struggling. But I want the answers. I want to know. I want that peace that only God can give. If that's you today, God's going to meet you. If you would lift your hand and say, Yes, I'm, the, I'm a person that I want that peace. I want that assurance. I want that confident hope that only Jesus can give. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to pray this prayer together. Stand on your feet if you would. I'm going to have the prayer team come forward. And as they come forward, I want to make uh, mention that we are having special prayer. prayer focus for today is for physical and emotional healing. And so the prayer team is going to be up here, and we're going to pray for anybody that has a need for physical healing or whether it's emotional healing. God's going to meet you, and he's going to, uh, by our prayer together and the joining of our faith, He's going to show up in this place. And so we have special prayer times Tuesday night from 6 to 7. We encourage you to come out for a special time of prayer. And then early morning, from for those of you that are early risers, from from 5 to 8, Any you can come for any length of time you want, but in a period of time, we are over at the chapel in the uh, Stephen Spoon Christian Academy building. And also then... Uh, saturday it's from six to nine hallelujah and also we have an open house this thursday for Stevens Point christian academy if if uh, you're available for that that'd be great to come and see what god's doing out there let's join our faith together this morning hallelujah father we come before you in the name of jesus and i thank you for everyone that has come today to hear your word And I pray, oh God, that you give them hope. Father, we thank you that Jesus paid the price so we could be set free from sin. And he made a way so that we could come into this vital relationship to truly know him with the wall of separation that sin had caused being removed. Jesus, thank you that you died for our sins on the cross and that you removed that barrier so that we could come into relationship with you. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you today as the Lord of heaven and earth. You are the one who died for me. You are the one who rose from the dead to give me new life. I acknowledge you as my Savior. I acknowledge you as my Lord. I receive forgiveness of sins. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for making my life what you want it to be. Fill me with peace. And fill me with hope. That earnest expectation. In Jesus' name. Now just talk to him in your own words. Just commune with him with your own words. Just tell him how much you love him and how you long for him. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to thank you this morning for being so attentive and at this time, those desiring prayer, we're going to dismiss. And as, as we dismiss, make your way to the front. And we'll pray with you. We're so thankful for what God is doing. Next Sunday, make sure you invite somebody. And be here on time. Okay? What time does church start? 10 o'clock. Be here on time. Because there's a special presentation right at the beginning. So God bless you. Thank you so much. If we could have some men help us stack chairs, it would be great. Have a great day. And we will... See you later. God bless you.